Coming up on this episode of Up for Debate, we're talking our favorite comedy films. Matt chose The Goonies, I chose Airplane. What do we think of each other's films? Stick around, you'll find out next. This is Up for Debate, episode number 87, recorded September 13th, 2017. Our favorite comedies. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the podcast that talks about a topic each week, TBD. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by the man who knows his way around the movies, Mr. Matt Mariani. How's it going, Sean? It is going great, Matt. And, you know, before we dive into the the actual topic today, I want to tease because tonight is like, you know when you see the promos on, like, a real tv station and they're you know coming up it's a night of laughs here on nbc starting at eight you know they do the the promo thing we're doing that here on on the faux coffee and beer network because for the first time ever we have a podcast double header if you're watching this program live congratulations uh facebook.com slash up for debate tv uh wednesday nights at 7 30 tonight at 10 p.m we're doing a special don't panic episode all about the Apple announcement yesterday. So this is the first time we've ever done two in a day. You can get full live streams of both uh, on the Up for Debate page and uh, facebook.com slash don't panic show for that at 10 p.m. So I'm I'm very excited. I'm just going to be, I'm just over the moon about it. Sean, I, I can't up feeling like you're cheating on me. That's <laughs> There's plenty of me to go around. You got well, to understand from, from my point of view, I mean, I... I thought what we had was special. I thought this was like a. I'm not. Well, you never said this was exclusive. Relationship here, where we do one show, and now you're telling me you have this other show, like behind my back. And and you're going like you're going. It's like you're you're we're we're having a thing here, and then all of a sudden, oh wait a minute, I got to go to my next my next appointment. But Matt, you'll always be my. Actually, I can't even say you're my first because you're not. You're my second. You're the side action. Um, <gasps> just rename this podcast Side Action. Side Action. That's a much better name. Why didn't we come up with that? Sean and Matt. But then people would think we're like a gun podcast, maybe. Yeah, or a uh, an act, some kind of acting podcast. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, sadly. Uh, we're just us here on Up for Debate. But let's focus on the show because we got a great episode coming up because, Matt, uh, you came up with this idea. Uh, I think you just want to watch The Goonies again. Oh, You want to talk about our favorite comedy films. We each picked one. As I mentioned in the top, you picked The Goonies. I picked Airplane. We're going to dive into each now. I've been very upfront on this program. I don't watch movies for the most part. And so I managed to go my whole life and never see The Goonies. This was my first viewing of the film. Yeah, that, that's that's actually pretty shocking, even for you. I, I can't believe that you haven't even seen the Goonies. Every everybody's seen the Goonies, including me now, which is exciting. Um, and I I took I took notes. Those on video can see my little yeah. handwritten notes there. Uh, you you can pause your YouTube and read read my thoughts. But we'll get into you it here in I a minute. Doing Sean, I think last show I should have asked you to tweet. You should have live tweeted your viewing of the Goonies. Because when you when you live tweeted Star Wars, that's still one of the best things I've ever seen. I think online. I think my tweets too for the Goonies. Basically, what I wrote was my live tweets, and we'll go through them. So you're kind of getting the experience here, but they would have been funny because I did have a lot of good and bad and interesting thoughts. I think about 
The movie, we're going to start with The Goonies, I think, and then we'll do Airplane a little later. Um, now, Matt, I did not realize the all-star pedigree of this film. I knew, I knew almost nothing about this before getting into it. Do you know all the superstars who worked on this movie? Uh, the only one that the one that comes to mind is that short round from the Indiana Jones movies. He was he was the kid. That is true. But I will also say What was his name? Uh Ki Hai Kwan. Real name. What was his what was his name in the Goonies? Oh, uh, Data, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Right, but Data, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is horribly Uh, offensive. Tell me about the other, who are these other uh, stars? Well, first of all, executive produced by Steven Spielberg. Written written by Chris Columbus, who directed Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Mrs. Doubtfire, and wrote Gremlins as well as The Goonies. It was, um, it was, Directed by Richard Donner, who directed The Omen, the original Superman, Scrooge, Lethal Weapon, and all of those movies. And it starred Corey Feldman, Josh Brolin, Martha Plimpton, Joe Pantliano, Sean Astin, Robert Davi, a ton of people who went on to have relatively big career, probably Josh Brolin the biggest, but uh, to all have pretty reasonable sized careers coming out of this. So... Um, for me, I was I was very impressed watching it, and I think it showed on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I love that a lot of people when um, eight came out. A lot of people made comparisons between Spielberg's work film and compared it on his work in The Goonies. Um, they they pointed out out some parallels and similarities and there's some articles you could read online about that. Spielberg does a great throwback like childhood. Yes. He has that he has that he has that nostalgia, that nostalgia feel. He has that down pat and I think that really really shines through. Goonies is a movie to me that you could watch a hundred times new or different and uh, still be able to laugh every single time that you're watching it. I don't know if I'd go that far. I really did enjoy it, though. People that have souls, Sean. All right, like stop that. People that have <laughs> souls so, in, their, in their hearts. They would be able to laugh at such a movie. But not me. I'm cold and dark and empty inside. You yourself one among them, but... Not a chance. How did you enjoy the film? I enjoyed it. You know, I will say I, I do have some specific points I want to talk about, but I'll give you my overall thoughts, which are it really made me pine and wish for a time when movies didn't have CGI and they had really good it's scores. Because that rhymes because oh, you oh, did. Oh, boy. OK. And then the time. Anyway. Uh, to strive for a time when the uh, <laughs> when movies were really well shot and really well directed and they used actual sets and not blue screens. And it just was a good... And I felt this way watching Star Wars as well. Maybe I just need to watch more older movies, but um, Star Wars did this for me as well, where it's like, it's just, it's just nice to look at. There was something very cinematic about it. It was a movie. 
Uh, and I really enjoyed that piece. Like I said, the music was really great, I thought. The shots were really well. Um, and it was fun. I, I wholeheartedly agree. It was a genuinely fun movie. However, that being said, the plot was so flimsy. It, it was so lightly threaded that it could have fallen apart at any moment. And I know the movie really isn't about the plot. It's more about the characters. But nonetheless, the mystery element was very weak. And my one other complaint, it the it movie clocks in at right around a little under two hours. I felt like it would have done better as like a 95 or 100 minute movie. I felt like it, it was a little long. I frankly, and I know you're going to have feelings about this, I would have cut Sloth completely out of the film. I don't think, it, it really added nothing to the mystery and did not add much to the characters. It really only added to the runtime. So I would have slashed that, and I think it would have been a better movie. That's but that's like the sense of adventure, and so like they find this guy. But it's weird. It has nothing to do with the mystery the, or the plot or anything. He has the best character arc in the whole movie. That is a big stretch, buddy. Come on, stop the that. Best character arc in the entire movie. He's he's so misunderstood this monster and then he, he, he saves him in the end i disagree chunk chunk has a much better arc it's great chunk chunk at, at the why at, how does he at the beginning he does of the, have a, all right he has a good arc but at the beginning of the movie he's seen as the uh sort of like joke of the the, the butt of the joke and then by the end he saves them like a hundred times which i wrote here chunk is too handy of a plot device. That would have been one of my tweets. Uh, because literally at every opportunity, he just is conveniently in the... He trips over something, or he says something, or he bumps into something, and the plot happens, which is very annoying. Because that, to me, is a little bit of lazy writing. I kind of agree with you on that one. They could have spread the wealth a little bit. I mean, these are all children. Actually, like, one of them could have done something clumsy and stupid to advance the plot. I don't know. It doesn't really have to constantly be chunk. He, but he reminded me a lot of Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, I could see that. The, like the, the male child version, the boy version of Melissa McCarthy. Um, Hashtag truffle shuffle. Not a great dance. Not, but I, but I, I do say I laughed so hard at the the shot where, um, early early in the movie when they're doing the little police chase opening, uh, and he is at the at the arcade or the restaurant or whatever, and he goes up to the window and just smashes his milkshake and pizza up against the glass. That was that was a that was a really good moment. I laughed at that. Good. I I thought it was a terrible waste of food, but it's it's prop food, Matt. You couldn't have eaten it anyway. I was probably hungry the first time I watched the movie, so. But uh, yeah, you gotta love you gotta love those characters. Those characters are so endearing. Well, I think they're very typical archetypes. I mean, I don't I don't think they're they're radical in any sense of that, but I just think they're decently acted. I think the characters are given something to do. I think by the end they end up being charming. I do want to talk about Data for a second because why is the Asian one called Data and has all the gadgets? I, can I just say that that's I in 2017 that doesn't feel okay? Because it was the 80s, Sean. Is is that also why there were like eight Rube Goldberg machines in this movie? 
that seemed like a very yeah. 80s thing too. Every kid in the 80s had a Rube Goldberg machine they built. Right. That, that was a very 80s thing. Remember the game Mousetrap and what a wide success that was? It's a crazy action, a crazy contraption. The fun is happening. It's Mousetrap. Yeah. How every, everybody was able to put that thing together and, and have it run successfully. Yeah. Yeah, but at the house, all they do is they use it to open the fence. Like, it was the most unnecessary piece of elaborate equipment I've ever seen. There was no... That's what this a lot of this movie was, was like, why is that there? Like, why do why do the bad guys have a freezer full yeah. of ice cream? Like, I just... Some parts of it just don't make <laughs> any sense, which is okay, but it's Who's weird. ice cream? Everybody likes ice cream. Even the villains love ice cream. That oh can we can we talk about the villains? Those were some A plus eighties goons right there, like the, like Home Alone <laughs> level goonery, like well done. And um, was it uh, Mar- uh, uh who played the woman? Anne Ramsey, um, who played uh, Mama w- was she was awesome. She was so great in this. Yeah, the uh, the villains. A lot of it, like you said, yeah, they, watching that movie, it reminds you very much of Home Alone. It's, um, it, it's very, uh, very apparent to see where the influences came from. The movie. Uh, I'll, I also wrote A plus Prison Escape. I'm just going chronologically now. Um, doing mm-hmm. the fake hanging. Great idea. I don't know why more prisoners don't do that. That was well thought out. Good plan. Uh, oh, uh, Charlie Dufresne should have just tried that. It, it, it would have worked every time. Uh, I also wrote, do these kids not know the word dynamite? Like, I don't know how you pick up a bunch of sticks of dynamite and think they're candles when they're clearly labeled dynamite. Is that dynamite right on them? I mean, I know that they're yeah, children... Yeah. Well, because they don't read anything. I see that every day. Kids don't read. They don't. But this was the 80s, Matt. They didn't have computers. All they had was reading. Yeah, but they were they were on an adventure, to be fair. Like they were they're they're in a cave and all there's all kinds of exciting things around them. But isn't that when you want to be paying attention to details when your life is on the line? Are they supposed to read things in the dark? It was well enough lit that I could read it audience sean so we have special powers that the people in the movie does they don't have that um so i'll def- i'll give them a pass on that one i am not however uh i don't think i can give them a pass on uh the part at the end of the movie where they don't keep all the cool treasure yeah that was kind of a crappy by the way can we talk about the treasure for a second because I like to sometimes think I'm smarter than the movie. Um, and in this case, I literally thought I had figured out the plot before it happened. This is what's fun about going to a movie you don't know anything about. When they are going through, um, what's the what's the name of the old man who went into the cave uh, back in the 30s and it, they find a skeleton? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, uh, you know what you know what scene I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and the, they're going through his book and they find a Lou Gehrig baseball card in the book. It's a small yeah. detail. And then he takes and puts it in his pocket. 
and they leave with it. I swear mm-hmm. to God, I thought the plot of the movie was going to be they find the treasure, some catastrophe happens, they don't get to keep the treasure, but then they realize they have the baseball card, which is worth millions because it's a Lou Gehrig baseball card, which would have made a cool ending. I Damn, blew yeah, it. And then it gets totally forgotten about. And, and I was like, I thought it was so smart. I'm like, oh, of course, like you're, that's like the, the little secret there. And then at the end, he pulls it out. He had it the whole time. Holy crap. I forgot all about that scene. That would have been a good ending. Yeah. that. Why didn't they, they should have totally used that. Although I kind of wow. enjoyed it more than it wasn't the case. And I felt like, wow, the, the writers really outsmarted me by just doing the obvious thing. They just secretly kept some treasure. Like that's, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of appreciate it more that they left it in there and didn't use it than if they just hadn't included it at all. Because it's a weird the detail, like it has nothing to do with the movie. So why is it even there? It's it's got to be to fake out the audience. No, no, you just think I just am overthinking it. I I think you're overthinking it a little bit. I think that had they re if they were ever to remake the movie, I think that would be a uh, a great way to end it. Some kind of a, some kind of callback to that. I can't believe. Um, yeah, more people didn't see that. I definitely didn't see that. Kudos to you, it was um, just Sean Jennings. Thank, thank, that's very kind. Yeah. Um, although I did also write, how does the map not get ruined by the end? These guys fall into enough water and slime and get beat up, and at the end, the map is like, fine. I said, every time they got that wet, I'm like, gone. you're ruining the map. They had it laminated. They went to the the uh, Kinko's, and they had oh. it laminated before they went in. Smart. Smart. They're thinking. That, mm-hmm. Um, I, I appreciated how, again, like in every eighties movies, the bad guys, despite having many and plenty opportunity to just kill the children, never actually do like they yeah. had them within gunshot many times. They had them at gunpoint on the pirate ship. They could have just killed them. They've proven they can clearly kill people, but for some reason they just didn't. And I, that I always bugs me about eighties movies, especially with like kid capers is they never killed the damn kids. Well, it's because they're kids, and showing kids getting killed in a movie would be really bad. And the ending would be terrible, but also, still. Also, uh, I like to believe that these these all of these henchmen in all of the 80s movies have a specific disorder um, where they have to, like, it's like a, like a nervous tick. They have to divulge the entire plot of the movie before they do anything related to killing, maiming, or taking down a character. Like, they have to just get it out there. They have to blurt it out. It's almost like Tourette's. Like, oh, and it's always like, thing. hey, boss, remember how we were supposed to go and rob the bank of the jewels and then hide them down in the vault? And, you know, it's like, they, you're right. They always have to do the plot. Yeah, I like to believe that each one of them ha- has that. It's like in the DSM. It's like... They learned it in gooning school. Yeah, um, exposition disorder. Immediate exposition disorder. <laughs> um, I wrote a very well-preserved ship for being in a wet cave for over hundred, hundred, hundreds of years. Um, yeah, that, that part, I might have had the biggest problem with that. Oh my God, I laughed yeah, I mean, although- the hardest when the ship sails at the end which is the most 80s baloney ending 
like the cheesy bad ending. As soon as I see the, because I figured they'd like find the ship or something, but it just like for no reason is just sailing. And you're like, what the fuck? Well, it's just, it's just the eighties. Now you know what this movie didn't have. What? Can't forgive for an eighties movie. Um, where was the movie action montage? Was there a montage in this movie? Um, no. Oh, you know what? There, there was the one Cindy Lauper song that they played during the early in the movie, but it wasn't really a when they were biking when they were initially when they left the house the first time and were biking out. Oh, yeah, that's right. But it wasn't. Okay. I wouldn't really call it a montage. No, it was. It was not them accomplishing an action. Other than biking, uh, where were they going? They were biking to the arcade. Or? No, no, they were biking to the. Was it a restaurant? The lighthouse. Yeah, the lighthouse. Yeah. Um, um but but also this yeah, movie. I would, I would this movie, I I wrote in my notes a classier Home Alone because I I it didn't it didn't the uh, the music it had very little actual songs it was all instrumental really Cindy, the Cindy Lauper song which later played over the credits. Um, was really the only sort of noticeable song in the whole film. I mean, they really did avoid those sort of tropes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they had a whole bunch of other ones in there, though. Oh, for sure. The Goonies. They had a... Oh, the town has a wishing well? That's an actual working well? Who has that in their town? Even for the 80s, that's a stretched concept. Wishing well, like an actual one, and underneath it is like you can look down and see a giant cave filled with like running water. Like, what? Well, obviously, you've never been to Oregon, right? Uh, where is it? Oregon, it's uh, Astoria, Oregon, which was beautiful, by the way. Yeah, by the way, do you know why they're called the Goonies? Because they goon around? No, there's actually... uh, They live in the Goon Docks neighborhood of Astoria, Oregon. Oh. Are you you sure that's like they didn't name the the area after the movie? After the movie became famous? It's That's what Wikipedia says, so you can... I'll believe it. Take your that would make a lot of sense. I thought they just gooned around, and they were, that's why they were the Goonies. It's not in the film, so that, that connection yeah. is really only made outside the movie. I don't know. I, I liked watching them goon around. That's it's a it's a good film. They were a bunch of goons, goon, go, gooners, gooneries. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought in the end it was yeah. you know I will say I really did enjoy the scene with the um. The, the the main character Sean Astin, um, with One Eyed Willie on the ship when he's kind of has that very personal moment, um, and he's talking about how he's you know he won't steal his treasure he'll steal the other treasure and he respects One Eyed Willie. I thought that was a very I thought that was a nice a nice um, a nice moment in the film. Yeah, that's also something that Spielberg seems to excel at is building up building up a conflict or building up some kind of problem that we first encounter early in the movie. And then by the end of the movie, the encounter is not only solved, it it actually turns out to not be 
think it was in the beginning. It seems to like the the nature of the villain. Uh, you see that like in E.T., for example. Which I've never seen. That doesn't surprise me. But... And it shouldn't. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, we see it again in Super 8. We see it again in, you know... Um, it reminds me of of uh, of To Kill a Mockingbird with Boo Rad Boo Radley, right? Like uh, kind of build up to be this villain or this uh, specter, if you will. Usually, some kind of like around them, but but we unknown, we automatically associate that with something terrible or something terrifying, and then it turns out to not to not quite be the case once we have knowledge of it. All of Spielberg's movies in a way it seems like it's they're all about growth. They're all about growing and they're all about um gaining gaining that knowledge. Well, I also think it's it's interesting that he also in his films that I've seen, which is this one. Um I'm trying to think if I've seen any other Spielberg films. Probably not. No Raiders. I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I think that's it. <laughs> um, that's just fun. Raiders is just fun. All the oh, all we could talk about movies. that for an hour. Raiders, Raiders, for, for my money, is just one of the best crafted films. Getting treasures and shooting Nazis. It's just a, it's just end to end a great movie. That's what it's about. Like you can't yeah. you you can't pick a flaw in it. It's just a really almost near perfect film. Um, and my favorite Spielberg film because I've seen two of them and I liked it more than the Goonies. Uh, but anyway, so I will say that the, another thing Spielberg does too is it's a story about kids told by kids with kids. Very, there's almost no adults in this movie. Very, very little. You have the funny Mexican maid, uh, and you have like the father of, 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 um, uh, of uh, uh, Mikey is uh, in like that one waving scene at the beginning and then only at the end. I mean, really the only adults are the goons um, and, and mama, but that's about it. It really is a movie just starring kids, which is interestingly enough, Wikipedia says uh, director Richard Donner noted the difficulties and pleasures with working with so many child actors. Um, apparently it was quite difficult. There's actually a documentary, The Making of the Goonies. I'd like to see that at some point. But. Yeah, that I can't really. Comp- I mean, that's again the parallels with Super Eight. Not a child, actors, or very few adults in big roles, and you don't really see too many movies like that. I agree, not anymore, certainly. Yeah, and it it really was kind of um, revolutionary for its time. Yes, it was. Um. So we're running a little bit out of time on the Goonies. I'm just looking to see if there's any things I did not talk about. Uh, I wrote fakest looking rocks ever. Um, oh, that that cool shot where they walk into some rocks and then the camera pulls out and it's in the shape of the skull. That was cool. That was cool. I went, wow. That was that was a nice shot. Um, uh, the kids fall through a lot of things. They're very good at falling through the floors and collapsing rocks and there's like a water slide in the caves for some reason. Uh, 
oh, the 80s uh, rich asshole country club owner at the end is spot on. I love those characters in 80s movies. Um, those are great. Let's see. Uh, I think that's pretty... I wrote, these kids suck at sneaking around. They're very loud and very bad at it. And they, like, talk at the top of their lungs when they're supposed to be secret. Well, they're not Navy SEALs, Sean. They're, like... Well, but there's no old. consequence to the action. I'm not saying they're quiet. I'm just saying they should get caught. Like, if you're going to be that loud, you got to pay for, you know, the the the, the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. I think that's about it. I did write, why would there be a novelty laser light in the attic? They go into the attic with all of his father's stuff, and there's, like, those Spencer's Gifts kind of, like, funky light, like it's some kind of artifact. That was weird. Anyway. I think that's it's just because the adventure. That's pretty much adventure movie. my thoughts. Um, yeah, I would say overall, uh, I really enjoyed the film. I would watch it again. Uh, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites. I think what I enjoyed least about it was the plot. Uh, but what I enjoyed most about it was the uh, the visuals, the music, and the uh, characters. I don't know, Matt. What's your? I know well, you're going to say you love it, but but, but more, even more detailed. What's your final judgment? Much like my much like my thoughts about indie, it's it's just fun. You know, it's a fun movie. Uh, the plot doesn't matter as much because it's fun. It's just uh, fun to watch. It's it's your typical adventure flick, action adventure. You know, kids going on adventure, discovering who they are along the way, and finding some some loot, some treasure, and and growing because it's all about that growth. I find it one of the funnier movies, especially the truffle shuffle. I think that's hysterical. I could watch, uh, I could watch the, um, what's the other part? The other part where he, uh, is uh, they're at the end and, uh, the guy, the guy saves the day, the, the troll looking guy, sloth, sloth that, yeah, thank you. Sloth saves the day. Uh, I could watch that over and over again. One of the greatest moments um, in film. But yeah, that's uh, that's my thoughts on the Goonies. Very good. good. I understand that your your pick for a movie was one that um, I've already seen. Airplane. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't find one. You know, my selection is so small. Odds are good you've seen. Although now, I th- have you seen Caddyshack? You've seen Caddyshack. I actually have not seen Oh, Caddy we should have picked that. I love that movie. Oh no. Caddyshack. I've never seen it. People reference it all the time and I do I do not get oh, the references. No. Something about a groundhog. Oh shit. Being... You gotta go see Caddyshack. That movie's awesome. Isn't Rodney Dangerfield in that? Rodney Dangerfield, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, I, I gotta see Caddyshack. I own I own Caddyshack on Blu-ray. It's one of my favorites. So we'll, we will do a supplement follow-up where we talk about Caddyshack. But in lieu of a better alternative, we went with Airplane, which is probably my favorite movie, uh, my favorite comedy of all time, um, for a couple of reasons. One, it's just really funny. But also, too, um, like most old people of the time, uh, my grandfather used to tape movies off of television with the commercials. And we would watch them back. And we must have watched his VHS taped copy with commercials of Airplane a thousand times. Constantly. Could quote every line from that movie. 
Um, and uh, I, I actually do still wish I had that copy with the commercials. I don't. Uh, and what's funny is it was the cut for TV version. Not So it wasn't until, no joke, I was like 16 or 17, I saw the DVD version, which has a lot more of like the, the sort of dirtier jokes. They cut some of it for the TV. So I had seen like not the real movie my whole life. So that was a fun moment. That movie must have been what? Like for TV? Yeah, it was, it was, it was it, not that much, like, like a, a few minutes worth was cut, but enough where you're like, wait, I was that in the movie the whole time? I was going to say, there's just so much that they would have to take out to make it clean for movies. Like every joke seems like it wouldn't make it on air. Yeah, well, like the, I, I remember one of the big ones was uh, when the shit hits the fan and then the shit literally hits the fan. Like that was cut <laughs> from TV, for example. Um, yeah. I also realized while watching it that I have a, a, a flying anxiety. I, I hate flying. I find it very uncomfortable. And something clicked in my mind. Could it have something to do with the fact I've seen the movie Airplane a thousand times that has, and I saw it a thousand times before ever being on a plane? I wonder if subconsciously that has something to do with it. It might. It definitely didn't seem like it, uh, I, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't paint airlines in the best light. But um, but again, I, I will say this is another movie with an all-star pedigree, not quite as all-star as The Goonies, but the film was written and directed by uh, David and Jerry Zucker. The Zucker brothers, David Zucker, uh, went on to create the Naked Gun franchise and direct Scary Movie 3 and 4. Jerry Zucker went on to... Uh, direct Top Secret, and uh, directed uh, Best Picture-nominated film Ghost with Patrick Swayze. Um, it, of course, starred Robert Hayes and Julie Haggerty with Leslie Nielsen, Robert Stack, Lloyd Bridges, Peter Graves, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a lot of great actors of the time. Um, yeah. With uh, the movie Airplane, it's one of those comedies where everyone has their favorite moment. So why don't we just go ahead and share our favorite moment from Airplane? What, what is I got what's notes. the joke that will just kill you every single time? Um. Oh, by by the way, I I did write. I I will answer that question, but I did write in my notes all the cut adult jokes, and then one specific one that I didn't even remember until this viewing, which is where um, uh, pilot uh, over is standing reading a magazine before they do the ham on five hold the mayo joke, where he's talking on the red phone. Um, and there's magazines where it's like men's women's and then there's a whacking material section and it's pornography that was cut <laughs> from the TV version. And I don't re even remember seeing that joke until I watched this version, but my favorite jokes, there were a lot, um, probably one of my favorite, favorite, more subtle jokes that I don't even know if a lot of people realize is when they have the little like toy model plane that they fly when they cut, you know, when they cut between scenes, they show it and they have propeller sounds despite the fact it's a jet engine like that is such a subtle joke that i i appreciate it more because it's so like just well thought out um you know uh uh captain over you know joey do you like movies about gladiators jo joey have you ever seen a grown man naked <laughs> have you ever been inside a turkish prison have you ever been inside turkish prison um <laughs> Uh, the, uh, looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. 
uh, oh, I loved uh, uh, later. We're just going to list all the lines from Airplane, aren't we? Um, when they're doing the like cut between all the TV stations talking about the impending disaster. And there's the guy who says, Shane, uh, they bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Um, and I don't know why I find that particular line funny, but it, it reminds me a lot of like news today. Where it's like, there's always someone with that hot take, like, you know, oh, the Titanic sinking. They were getting on the ship. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them sink, you know? Yeah. Uh, It's so true to life. My my moment cracks me up is when um, the, the main character... Uh, Striker, Ted Striker, uh, Robert Hayes. Yes, played played by um. No, that's not. Is he the main character? Well, I, I it's really hard to pick a uh, a main character. The, yeah, don't call me Shirley. Oh, Leslie Nielsen. Thank you. I don't know. I'm I'm terrible with names. That's today. okay. Leslie Nielsen. Uh, uh, my favorite joke of all time is, uh, <laughs> in the whole movie. Um, remember. We're all counting on you. Good luck. We're all counting on and you. He, and he says, good luck. We're all counting on you. And he keeps coming. And he, he pops in like just every once in a while. Good luck. We're all counting on you. And then he, he does it again after they land the plane. Good luck. We're all counting on you. Well, I and I I, 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 I wrote down Leslie Nielsen is surprisingly dramatic. You know, when, when you know, probably two thirds of his lines are jokes, but some of his lines, he's the one who has to deliver the exposition. Like, I have to tell you, everyone on this plane is sick. And if we don't land in the next six hours, people will die. He's surprisingly dramatic in that role, uh, which which I really uh, actually appreciated his performance more so than some of the other actors in the movie. Now, I, I'll say my favorite character at least most understated character or like not as well remembered is the character of johnny who's the air airport employee who has all those great one-liners you know they're handing the airport you know passengers set to die hundreds may perish there's a sale at pennies you know he has all you know what can you do with this he hands him the map well it could be a hat or a brooch or a pterodactyl you know he has all the best lines in that movie yeah um Quick one-liners. Those are always fun. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as himself, which is really funny. And my dad says, you don't try really hard until it's the playoffs. Well, you tell your old man to bust his ass up and down the court for 45 minutes a night. (laughs) Yeah. I appreciated that. That was a... It was a weird cameo, but it was... They played it well. And he was actually pretty good, too. And then they got um, for for the Naked Gun. They got O.J. Simpson, which was uh, was that Naked Gun or Naked Gun Two? Naked Gun had O.J. Yeah, had O.J. Simpson. Yeah, which that's another great movie. I almost could have picked that too. Naked Gun is right. awesome. Um, uh, I oh another line, and this was one that was changed for TV. I learned later where it's the very gaunt-looking young lady and. You know, the, the young boys carrying the coffee. Uh, may I sit down? Sure. And she says, you know, would you like anything in your coffee? I take it black. Like, and in the TV version, they say, like my old man. But in the movie version, they say, I take it black like my men. Ooh. <laughs> oh, it's an aggressive line. Little, uh, yeah. And very, yeah, very progressive for the time. Um, Subtle change. 
Let's see. Uh, oh boy, the 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 Girl Scouts fighting in the flashback in Calcutta, and that's like no shit. Like that's an aggressive screen fight. Like I've seen maybe just movies today. They don't fight as hard. That was like an aggressive fight sequence. It was awesome. Yeah, the uh, the scene with the um, where they play basketball. That was a pretty crazy scene. I mean, you could go on and on. I will say about the film overall, not the best directed film. As I'm, especially after watching the Goonies, I watched them in the same night back to back. Not a very well directed film. It's really more about the script and the jokes than it is about the direction. It's not very well directed. But um, the music that really dramatic dun 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 dun. dun you know that that evoking the movies of that era um is really great throughout the movie yeah it was a good that's a good little motif um, um but but it's true it's it's uh it's it's one of those first mo- quotable quotable movies where you could just sit literally for hours with friends and just go back and forth quoting your favorite line. Um, it, it almost reminded me like, t- I, I don't think that it reminded me in, in many different ways. I, at first it reminded me of uh, lots of uh, Adam Sand- like early Adam Sandler movies, like the slapstick and the, there's the pure comedy of it. Um, and then I thought like you could never really get away with doing a movie like airplane today. Well, I really don't think it would be possible. I think that too many people would try to try to get their hands on it and make it play to a more mainstream. It would ruin it, and it just wouldn't. It wouldn't be as funny. You know, I'm gonna. Funny to I'm gonna name a modern movie that, while not as good as Airplane, to me is no. That evokes because because I think Airplane Airplane works in two ways. One, yes, it's just a string of one-liners, naked guns like that. It's just a bunch of jokes strung together, which is great. I think mm-hmm. anyone can really do that. But I also think it's a good parody of the sort of films of the time. The, the disaster films were, you know, uh, Towering Inferno and The Poseidon Adventure. Those movies were very big at this time. That's really what this movie was parodying. And I think a movie that works well where it's tight-packed with jokes as a parody, I'm going to give a shout-out to Talladega Nights which I think is a bit of an underrated film. Talladega Nights, for my money, is one of the best, like, straight-up parody films of the last, I don't even know how long, of re- in recent film history. I think it does, I think it's a, it's not a perfect movie, but I think it's tight. I think the jokes are relatively solid, and I think it does a really thorough job of the sort of parody aspect of that slice of culture. Yeah, um, in the same vein, I'll give a shout out to Scary Movie, movie, and and Scary Movie too. I think they they did a great a great uh, doing kind of venturing into uncharted territory. I agree. Uh, Clearly, with the inspiration of Airplane, um, and parodying uh, horror movies, modern horror movies, um. And uh, then I, I guess they kind of they kind of go off the rails. You have like epic movie and 
It seems like they try. They're just trying to like check boxes on a oh, list. They're making like, money, you know. Right. Exactly. Um, but the original Scary Movie and Scary Movie Two, a pretty good job. I agree. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, this is before Airplane, I believe. Not a hundred percent sure, but movies from um, the Mel Brooks movies, Blazing Saddles. Spaceballs. Oh sure. Um, well, he's a, he's the master of parody. Yeah, fantastic uh, parodies of their genres. Yeah, and this um, this came out right in the middle of. I mean, this was pre History of the World Part One, but post High Anxiety Silent Movie. So you're kind of right post Young Frankenstein. So you're right in the middle of his yeah. of his run. The 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 influences, the Bruxian influence. Yeah, I mean this this movie. If you this has to have more jokes per minute than almost any movie. I think well, they, I Naked Gun the, is close. Apparently, the record it, it broke the record for in a movie or most um most maybe maybe it was most jokes or most laughable moments. Something like that uh, in a film. Well, it was in 2010. The film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry at the Library of Congress for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. There you go. So you don't have to take our word for it. Visit your local library. People will be watching Airplane in uh, film studies for years to come. I think I think they will. Uh, you know, the alien when, when humanity ends here on Earth, they, they, when the aliens find our charred corpses, uh, one of the first things they're gonna they're gonna watch is Airplane. And I'm okay with if we're judged as a species by the film Airplane. That's not the worst thing. Rotten Tomatoes oh, gives it 97. percent Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Now. I do want to make a, we're not running out of time, but we're getting low on time. I do want to make a couple other points about the film. One, uh, uh, Ted Stryker, the, the main character of the film there played by Robert Hayes. Uh, he's a terrible pilot. I don't, if I was in an airplane and he was the only one left to land it, I would not trust him. They set him up as being oh a terrible pilot. Uh, he clearly was not good at the war and did a horrible job of landing this plane, which really shouldn't have been that hard. Uh, it was clear conditions. There was no reason for him to just break the goddamn plane. The other point, uh, the love story really doesn't pay off for me in the end. That's one thing. I, I get it's a joke movie and you're not really in it for the love story. But they spend this whole movie talking about, they set them up at the beginning, that they're they're breaking up and they, they've distanced and they do all the flashbacks. And then in the end, they're kissing on the runway. And by the end of it, I'm like, I'm just not, I just didn't buy them getting getting back together at the end of the at the end of the movie. I, I just I just didn't think they did enough to earn that sort of send off. But I guess this really isn't the movie for that. Yeah, it, 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 I don't think it was about that necessarily, um, about the jokes. And I think they just needed to wrap it up with a neat little bow. And they did. Um, and I think the the only other thing I'd say on Airplane are just, there are so many jokes I want to mention, and there's just not enough time because there's so many good ones. But, uh, you know, the, the red zone is for loading and unloading. And no, no, the, the white zone is for loading and unloading. Uh, that's a great bit. Uh, uh, oh, what did it look like? Well, it's, it's, 
it's a big plane. It's a big white plane. It's got a stripe down the side, curtains in the in, in the windows. It's got wheels. It looks like a big Tylenol. That's a great line. When all the reporters say, oh, let's take a picture, and they grab the pictures off the wall. And there, there's just, you could uh-huh. just, just go watch Airplane instead of listening to us because um, I, I just appreciate yeah. this movie. It, it's just, sometimes comedies try and get a little high and mighty on themselves. And I think Airplane is just a funny movie it's not very well shot it's not super well acted it's cheap looking but god damn it it's funny and you're gonna laugh many times throughout the film so that that's what i enjoyed about any any final thoughts on airplane matt if anything the airplane kind of proves that it doesn't need any of that stuff it just it just needed to be well written every any like the laughs will come they will laugh. Pretty much airplane. Uh, highly recommend it. Easily one of the best comedies. Of all. Yeah, I think I think between the pair of us, I think we picked a really good set of films. Two very different films, which I think is nice. Um, and I think uh, you can get them both streaming right now. You can go check them out. Uh, the Goonies and Airplane. And man, I think we'll do this. Um, I know we kind of started saying our favorite movies, but I said comedies, so we still have, you know, we want to do our favorite dramas or our favorite documentaries. We still have some time to, you know, in the future, we may do more of this type of, type of show where we just dive into things we really like. Yeah. Um, but that's about it for this episode. Now I will say, Matt, um, we will, uh, not be having a show next week because I will be in Tucson, Arizona. Um, but hopefully the following week, Matt, our next episode, our first ever book club, which was your idea, Matt. And you want to tell the folks at home, the first book we'll be reading. We will be reading ready player one. Ah, yes. Ready player one written by. The guy who uh, his name I'm looking up right now, because I read this book on uh, Kindle. Um, <coughs> finished it ago, uh, and it is Ready Player One. I'm not digging you out of this one. You got to look it up. It is Ready Player One. I am not ready. One. It is there we go. It is Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. Ernie Klein, there you go. It was written uh, last year. And uh, it's his first book ever that he has published. And we will talk. Uh, Matt, you froze up there for a second. So I'm just going to keep talking and hopefully we'll get you back. Um, I'm amazed we went this long with this uh, not breaking down, but... Uh, hopefully we may have a special guest for that episode. We even had a guest on the show in forever. So that'll be very exciting. You're not going to want to miss that. That'll be in two weeks. As I also mentioned, we'll have a new episode of Don't Panic. If you're interested in tech, uh, the latest episode, uh, which will be on the feed soon, all about what Apple announced, new Apple watches. We've got Apple TV 4K and we've got the iPhone 8 and iPhone 10. So you're not going to want to miss that as well. Um, That is it for this program. We're going to get out of here and let you all go home. We hope you enjoyed this discussion. Uh, let us know what you enjoy us talking about on the show. We don't know until you tell us. Uh, you can let us know at up for debate TV on Twitter. You can tweet at us or send us an email up for debate TV at gmail.com is the email. 
Of course, this show uh, has a website up for debate.tv. You can go there and get all the episodes past, present, and future. Uh, very exciting uh, there. And of course, all the places you can hit the subscribe button. It gives you all the places you can get the show anywhere you get podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. Uh, and the video version is on YouTube as well. Uh, and as I mentioned, we do it Wednesday nights at 7.30, except next week. Uh, but the best part is to go and check out the um check out the website so there you go that's it we're gonna wrap it up matt just texted me his uh computer battery died i don't know why i didn't plug it in but that's okay it makes it show a little more fun thanks everybody for joining us we'll see you next time for a brand new episode of up for debate